Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB podcast here at AusBiz. It's December the 14th. I'm your host, David Scott, joined today by Carl Rotter. And uh, Carl, it feels like we're kind of between two mammoth risk events. We've managed to clear that CPI report last night in the States, but now it's all over to the Fed. But that wasn't enough to go and perturb our local equity investors today, of course, because uh, onwards and upwards up two-thirds of a percent for the local market. Yeah, it took us a while to get, um, I suppose, find our direction. I, I suppose once uh, broader Asian markets came online, um, you know, that we sort of really began to, to track higher. But um, yeah, obviously positivity all around and all, all the Fed needs to do is green light this uh, tomorrow morning and I suppose we'll be off to the races. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because I don't know about you, but the conversations not only on program but also off air as well that revolve around the Fed is that almost everyone expects it'll be a 50 tonight then it'll probably go and stagger down to 25 basis point movements, maybe a couple in early parts of next year and then potentially go and pause. But that's all that expected now. So how does the equity market, how do the, the rates markets, how does the FX markets go and play this? Because if it's pretty much in line with what expectations are, as you said, is that just green light risk or then we start talking about recession risk again? Well, I don't know. I mean, two parts to that, I suppose, is the, a lot of the conversations that I seem to have now had has, is more or less taking for granted that uh, inflation's coming down and that we'll see um, the peak in the Fed funds rate again, like you just said, at the early, early part of next year. The, a lot of the conversation is now turning to whether they cut at the back end of 2023 or ha- if, if not, how long they hold um, the, the Fed funds rate at, say, you know, four and three quarters, five, 5%. That's an important question. But I sort of feel when it comes to this, to, that the Fed situation, all they really need to do is stick to the same message, more or less say that they are going to step down with the size of their rate hikes. You know, we're all expecting the median dot to, to go up slightly, forecast to, to, to probably um, be, be pushed up slightly. As long as Powell doesn't come out with a, a Jackson Hole-like speech, I, I sort of see this as a situation as, you know, volatility. It's, a, it's, it's still a risk event. That volatility in the short term is going to be priced out of the markets and it might give just by virtue of the fact that implied vol will, will, will drop a bit of a, a push-up for equities and you're just going to, you know, maybe start to see momentum work work its magic. So I still think there could be some scope for, for, for a rally here only because it's just going to price out that. We'll, we'll probably also have to wait for the ECB and the BOE to pass as well, to be fair. But I think there's still room here to, to see a bit of a further rally, um, not not necessarily because of any sort of fundamental shift in policy expectations, but just because that, that risk event will be put out of the way and everyone's just going to buy into the news. You had a good conversation with David Sikolsky from Carrara Investment Management. He runs a hedge fund, so he can go and play it from both directions at this point in time. What was the general consensus that he was thinking, how he's going to play it? Well, I, I mean, I think we started, we had a really long conversation and he, we started talking almost like the, the, the difference between what drives price in the short term versus long term. 
And I think he sort of, you know, saw, well, for starters, he was talking about the opportunities he's taken in that sort of flurry that we saw last night after the dart. And he said he was up late. Uh, I'm sure I'm not disclosing anything sensitive here, but he was up late and he was out of the market by one o'clock um, after, the, after the release. And, you know, as we saw, everyone seems to sort of fade to rally we, we got after CPI. But he seems to think that there's, you know, enough of a narrative there and then sort of momentum following strategies that could continue to push prices higher here. His worry is, though, is that the reset, a little bit like you just spoke about, the, the recession discussion isn't really being had yet, nor is the discussion uh, about the Fed potentially holding rates at, again, what, you know, four, three quarters, five percent for a very, very long time to watch inflation come back to target, which is still, you know, a really long way by, by anyone's um, estimations. So he, he certainly identified trading opportunities with it, but he, he didn't sound particularly bullish for. You know, broad broad equity market strength going into you know, it, on a, I guess on a sustained basis. A good chat with uh, Daniel Atizi from Lincoln Indicators. Uh, he's got some good ideas about uh, the, the local commodity space and how to go and play at the individual stock level. So we went through some of the different uh, commodities that to the fan favourites out there. So covered off on uh, coal, iron ore, copper. And, of course, uh, everyone's favourite at this point in time, which is probably a warning sign itself, uh, the lithium sector. So well worth a watch of that. It will be in the show notes as well. Uh, Nadine sat down in the small caps with Mark Whitaker from Investors Mutual. Uh, he's got some stocking stuffer stocks. Try saying that five times quick. It's a difficult one mm. after you've been talking about 90 minutes into the pulse and close programming as well. But, uh, yeah, he's always, I know, I like the way that Mark articulates the investment thesis. He goes for those small cap names. So another one, definitely well worth having a look at. When it came to uh, some of the stock news today, I know, really, it was in a that's, uh, you know, early on in the day, Endeavor, we saw, you know, Woolworths is going to sell down another 5.5% stake in that company. It was the, uh, the chief laggard on the benchmark today, off around about 4.3%. Bendigo and Adelaide Bank, of course, we had that big uh, rebound yesterday on the back of its trading update. A bit of a profit-taking moving today, though. Uh, a few analysts moving through to go and downgrade it to neutral rather than anything more sinister. And it gave back around about half those gains we saw yesterday, 3.7%. Also saw the likes of, I know, Domain Group uh, looking for a new CFO. Well, they found one, but uh, the old one is departing early next year. And that doesn't seem to go down too well at the market. It was off 2%. At the other end of the spectrum, though, it was really gold miners or long duration names. And uh, St. Barbara, uh, of course, is uh, going to go merge with another entity. And I don't know about you, Kyle, but uh, the name of the new entity, Hoover House, has to be one of the best out there that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, well, I just think of J. Edgar Hoover, to be honest. I don't know what that says about me, probably my, you know, uh, uh, how amused I am by politics or political history. But, um, yeah, not bad. Sounds prestigious. Um, yeah. Um, I'm trying, what was the, what was the, um, uh, the, the name of um, Jordan Belfort's um, uh, little brokerage that he had or whatever it was he was trading from? It, was, um, it just sounds like one of those sort of like fancy names you slap on something to, to, to give it a little bit of prestige. You know, you just caught me on the the cap that usually I don't. I know, not, I, can't, I know, I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, you, yeah. oh, that name escapes me, but uh, mm. yeah, look, I, I, Stratton I, Oakmont. I that's what it was. Stratton Oakmont. Stratton, Stratton Oakmont. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I just, I when I think of Hoover, I just think of like you know, some floor trader back, I know, nineties, you no know, sales desk, just you no know, Hoover, you no, know, no, lifting something as quickly as possible. That's what I, I get the image of Hoover. 
not a vacuum cleaner, thank goodness. But uh, mm. yeah, that's uh, one of the great names up there. Well, it was the top performer in the market today, up 14.8%. And then basically, apart from Square or Block, whichever you want to go and call it nowadays, yeah. uh, it was either battery material names or gold miners that were just dominating the list. Uh, we saw that US dollar get absolutely poleaxed and then some post that release of the CBI and then real yields and nominal yields both off. So off to the races, did long duration and no yielding assets go today. Look, uh, one of the uh, more prominent news stories at the individual stock level today was what happened with TPG Telecom. It seems to be the latest victim of a data hack, uh, revealed some uh, access to some services, some 15 odd thousand business customers at a couple of individual business units before the start of trade today, which begs the question, of course, uh, we know about Medibank Private and the problems it's gone through. What do you do as an investor in this situation? Well, we thought, well, let's go and put it to our investment experts. So today, the dean was in the hot chair for the call. She sat down with Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Vuelent from DP Wealth Advisory to go and see where the TPG post this news is worthy of a buy. Take a listen. Can't get excited about TPG. Uh, could got, probably get more excited about Medibank Public, to be honest, in this space. But uh, yeah, at the moment, TPG, not on my radar, I have to say. And uh, this will just damage them a little bit, not a huge amount. It's a flesh wound, as they would say, in Monty Python. Uh, they're trading at around 35 times earnings relative to Telstra, which is, you know, obviously the behemoth at only 24 times. So uh, not great for the 15,000 businesses whose email addresses have been compromised. It's certainly not on the, not on the scale of Medibank or Optus, of course, that's a low benchmark, but uh, it is at best a hold, Nadine. And there we have it. Uh, yeah, just lacklustre views towards TPG Telecom. Not really excited on anyone's uh, no level there on the program today. Maybe the market will be excited by that small pullback we saw in at the share price today. Look, we've covered off the Fed. That's going to be a big one tonight. We don't know how it will go and play it on the market. We've got a pretty good idea what it will be said. We know what Jerome Powell will probably try and reinforce the point. You mentioned as well a couple more um, pretty big central bank meetings at bat as well, ECB and BOE. That's a Bank of England one will be interesting because uh, some of the, uh, the data that came out last night on the labour market, we saw an uptick in unemployment, but uh, the wages side of the equation is really feeding that narrative that uh, just wage price spiral. So what do you reckon on that front? Uh, a 50 or 75? Uh, Going to place a bet? Uh, well, I mean, the market's going 50, so I suppose you're going to go unders from there, but, um, uh, sorry, bet overs from there, but I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting. I, I was sort of surprised too, because they, was, there was a net gain uh, in terms of jobs as well in the economy, which kind of belies a lot of the doom and gloom that we're getting out of the Bank of England and obviously uh, the government over there for a little while. I mean, I, I probably don't keep my finger as close enough to the pulse with, with the UK economy, but I, I do think it's... I guess it comes back to this debate about how much of inflation and which is driven by supply and demand dynamics. And obviously it differs from every economy in the world, but it would really seem that the Bank of England are potentially going to signal a step down themselves after this this hike tonight, uh, which begs the question whether they're going to be sort of taking the foot off the brake too early or, you know, should remain reasonably aggressive in here and, and, and not sort of ease off in, in, any, in any kind of a way. But... Uh, sorry, tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really 
don't know what's uh, what they'll do, what what to expect. But it's 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 a real dilemma um, because they're going to go into something of a slowdown. But the labor market still remains reasonably tight. But glo- you know, they're looking down at a recession in in less than a couple of quarters' time. So, I think you know, obviously the ECB is the other one, probably of any central bank in the world at the moment. Develop developed country uh, economy central bank. They're in the most precarious situations. Yeah, well, they get paid the big bucks for a reason. So, yeah, and uh, let's be honest, with both of those particular central banks, and look, there's others out there as well, hint, hint, uh, the RBA as well, and you could probably put the Fed as well in that boat as well. We're so slow to go and pick up on the acceleration in inflationary forces. So, yeah, we'll see how they're going to play it. But uh, tightening into a recession, yeah, when I was doing my uh, economic studies a long, long time ago, uh, that was not generally the way that monetary policy is supposed to work. In fact, I think it was the other way around it used to be. When you go into a downturn, you go and add the stimulus in the economy, not uh, take it away. But it's a brave new world that we find ourselves in, Kyle, in 2022. Well, at least for the next couple of weeks before it ticks over to 2023. Let's go and leave it there, mate. So it's going to be a big 18 hours ahead. Who knows what we'll be talking about this time tomorrow. I'm sure a lot of people out there, after the turmoil we've seen in markets over the past year, will be hoping we'll see some green on screen. Leave it to them. See you, mate. Go Morocco. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.